0: pray. Gracious and holy God, as we prepare to come before you, as we prepare to tune our ears and our hearts, our whole selves, uh, to the lessons of your word this day. God, we pray that you would speak, um, that you would speak into our lives. Lord, you know uh, the state of each of our hearts this morning. You know whether we walked in here with hearts that are happy or hearts that are sad, hearts that are angry, hearts that are broken. Hearts that are celebrating, hearts that are confused. You know the states of our hearts this day, Lord. Help us as we come before you to just lay them bare before you and your word. Tune our hearts. our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 44 in its entirety. Let us listen uh, for God's word for us in it this day. We have heard it, God, with our own ears. Our ancestors told us about it, about the deeds you did in their days and days long past. You, by your own hand, removed all the nations, but you planted our ancestors. You crushed all the peoples, but you set our ancestors free. No, not by their own swords did they take possession of the land. Their own arms didn't save them. No, it was your strong hand, your arm, and the light of your face because you are pleased with them. It's you, God, you who are my king, the one who orders salvation for Jacob. We've pushed our foes away by your help. We've trampled our enemies by your name. No, I won't trust in my bow. My sword won't save me because it's you who saved us from our foes. You who put those who hate us to shame. So we glory in God at all times and give thanks to your name forever. You've rejected and humiliated us. You no longer accompany our armies. You make us retreat from the enemy. Our adversaries plunder us. You handed us over like sheep for butchering. You've scattered us among the nations. You've sold your people for nothing, not even bothering to set a decent price. You made us a joke to all our neighbors. We're mocked and ridiculed by everyone around us. You made us a bad joke to the nations, something to be laughed at by all peoples. All day long, my disgrace confronts me, and my shame covers my face. Because of the voices of those who make fun of me and badmouth me, because of the enemy who is out for revenge. All this has come upon us, but we haven't forgotten you. Or broken your covenant? Our hearts haven't turned away. Neither have our steps strayed from your way. But you've crushed us in the place where jackals live, covering us with deepest darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to some strange deity, wouldn't God have discovered it? After all, God knows every secret of the heart. No, God, it's because of you that we are getting killed every day. It's because of you that we are considered sheep ready for slaughter. Wake up. Why are you sleeping, Lord? Get up. Don't reject us forever. Why are you hiding your face, forgetting our suffering and oppression? Look, we're going down to the dust. Our stomachs are flat on the ground. Stand up. Help us. Save us for the sake of your faithful love. Friends, this, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Why? Anyone who has spent, amount of time around a growing toddler is familiar with this question just about every child hits a stage where this little three letter word question looms large in their day to day it seems that most kids hit a stage where why becomes the most used word in their vocabulary for they are trying to make sense of the ever expanding world around them. It's a question grounded in curiosity and a thirst for knowledge about the way the world works. It's a question kids ask the people in their lives who they trust. And studies show that the more all of those whys are responded to with patience and care, the stronger those bonds of trust grow. Don't worry, parents, none of us are batting a thousand here, amen. We've all resorted to the because I said so response on more than one occasion. Yet we also know what the because I said so response gets us. If we are consistent with it enough, it gets us silent which is often what we are longing for in the moment, to shut down the relentless questions that take a whole lot of brain power and emotional energy to answer. Short-term, the because I said so helps us out. But long-term, when it comes to our children, silence isn't what we really want. Ten years down the road from the why stage, We will be begging our teenagers to talk to us, longing for the days when they came to us with their questions, which is why I think we find passages like Psalm 44 throughout our scriptures. I believe God longs to hear from us. I believe God created us for relationship and longs to foster relationship with us. I believe that God loves our questions and all the emotions that lie underneath them. By the time we move out of childhood into adolescence and beyond, we are less curious than we were as children. We start to make sense of the world. We start to have an idea of how the world works, what our place is in it, and we move through our days operating within that realm of understanding until, for one reason or another, our world gets turned upside down. And we simply can't anymore. We can't keep moving through as we had before because the parameters, the rules we thought we understood just don't work anymore. We find ourselves looking some life-altering happening in the eye and we have no category for it. It doesn't fit in with the story of how things were supposed to go and we find ourselves stuck and lost, unsure of what end is up or where to turn then, in the face of some upending event, a tragic death, an unexpected diagnosis, a hurtful betrayal, a natural disaster, the loss of a job, that we find ourselves pulling that old, worn-out question from our childhood off the proverbial shelf of our mind's eye, dusting it off and putting it to use once more, why? However, in adulthood, the wise rarely come from a place of curiosity, but are much more likely to come from a place of deep pain. Why is this happening? Why would you do this? Why aren't you doing something, God? Or in the words of the psalmist, why are you sleeping, Lord? Why won't you wake up and help me? plenty of versions of religion, plenty of versions of our own Christianity that ascribe to the because I said so method of divine parenting. Many of you may have had deep foundational why questions that have come up either in the midst of your spiritual development or as a result of some painful upending event in your life that were squashed by well-meaning religious leaders who believed it was sinful to question God, who believed asking questions of our God dishonored the divine, who also likely feared asking their own deep questions and where that would lead them, and instead preferred blind adherence, which they labeled as faith. But faith at its root is trust. And I don't think because I said so builds trust in any of our relationships, human or divine. And if our God really wanted to live in question-free relationship with us, then passages like Psalm 44, y'all, they wouldn't be in our scripture. We don't know for sure what has happened in the life of the psalmist and his people. There are different chapters in the Israelites' history that could have caused these words to come pouring forth from the people. But the exact source is unclear. We know it is one of those life-upending moments, though. The first eight verses of this text speak the story of the world as they thought they understood it. Those first verses speak the truth about God that they have held on to until this moment because of who they have known God to be, a God who planted their ancestors in the land God had promised them, a God who rescued and freed, a God who possessed a strong arm, whose face was alight with love for them, who was their help time and again, the God who saved them. But now, all of that truth, who they had trusted God to be has been thrown into question by some turn-the-world-upside-down event that they cannot make sense of. They have followed the rules. They have kept the covenant. They have not worshipped other gods. They have done everything they were supposed to, but things have not turned out as they were supposed to. And the one to blame in their eyes is God alone. They cry out their despair. They throw blame at their God. They question and rage and beg and plead, wake up, God. Why? Why are you sleeping? Look here, God, why? Why do you hide your face from us? They're questioning. Holy scripture. It is the Word of God which gives us permission, invites us to do the same, proclaims to us not only that God tolerates such behavior, but that God actually welcomes it. Says to us that faith is not blind adherence. But instead, the leaning into this relationship with our Lord, with our whole selves, which means speaking our hearts to our God, which means asking each and every question that life brings our way, which means voicing our pain, our hurt, our confusion, and our doubt honestly and openly before our God. I can remember back to when my girls were younger, in those days of relentless whys. That sometimes what was hard about their questions was that I didn't have an easy answer. Why is the sky blue, Mom? While Google could probably provide the scientific explanation to that question off the top of my head, I couldn't. Even questions that are in line with my area of expertise. Questions like, how do you know God? they could take a lifetime to answer, not the couple of minutes I might have before their attention moves elsewhere. Some of the questions we hold in our hearts are lifelong questions that no one can answer for us. They are questions that are meant to be lived, and their answers don't come to us in few sentence responses, but instead are discovered as we live as well. Sometimes understanding is not the end result of our questioning. Sometimes understanding is beyond our human comprehension. Sometimes we ask questions that we will live our whole lives And the answer that comes over time from our God of faithful love is peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding and guards both our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. That peace, that peace in the midst of the mystery of unanswered questions, it won't come our questions unasked that peace it's born out of a relationship of trust trust that can only be built if we bring our whole selves into our relationship with our god when our worlds get turned upside down we have to speak our truth we have to let our questions rage we have to offer up honestly all that we are holding before our god When we honor our relationship with our God by inviting our God in, somehow, God moves and works in ways that help us on our feet again or help us find peace in the middle of our new upside-down reality. Y'all, I can't explain how it works. I don't have easy answers. There are no formulas here, just lifelong questions and some longer-than-life-revealed answers that are born out of relationship with our God, who is a God of faithful love. So ask your questions. Scream your whys up to your God. Doubt, demand, speak whatever is on your heart, shake your fist, at your Lord, bring your whole self before your God, speak your whole truth, ask each and every painful question life brings your way, God will honor that action every time. Faith does not grow from blind adherence to a two-dimensional God who lives in black and white. Faith is fostered when we learn to turn to God with our everything and to trust that the strong hands of our God are big enough to hold it all, to trust that the strong hands of our God are big enough to hold us.